every day in communities just like yours, men and women devote their lives to building our economies brick by brick and job by job. These are their stories. You're listening to From the Ground Up, North America's Top 50 Economic Developers. Welcome, everyone, to From the Ground Up, North America's Top 50 Economic Developers. I'm Tim Tarantine. Blessed to be here with Carla Winchester. Carla, we've got a conversation today. Good to have you. Good to have you too, Tim. It's great to be back in the studio. And today we have a wonderful guest with us. Annie Baxter is the business recruitment manager at Duke Energy. And prior to joining Duke Energy, she was the director at the Georgia Department of Economic Development, where she worked on the logistics, energy, agribusiness, and food processing industry. And she also had experience working in Georgia as a part of the aerospace defense and advanced manufacturing team. So she has a wealth of experience and she comes with really great recommendations from a lot of the site consultants. She's been nominated multiple times for this award and we're just really excited to have her on the call. We're more than excited. We've got her here. So Annie, welcome to the call. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. I'm very honored. Now, we've got a lot of ground to cover with you, Annie, and uh, we're excited to do just that. I want to dive right in with you to the beginning of your career. Who would you give credit to in terms of mentoring you into this field? How did you really get your first start in economic development? My answer to that is interesting. I think there are a lot of those in the industry who found their way to the business, often through relationships which is really interesting since our business itself is so built on the ability to create relationships among our peers with companies, with consultants. I was working in my first job in public relations for a nonprofit and wanted to make a change. And a friend of mine had a connection to a local chamber of commerce through her boss and had heard there was a position open. And because of where the position was located, I said, well, I'm interested, had no idea what the position was. It turns out it was economic development. And the better part of the story is I was lucky enough that the recruiter for the position was a gentleman named Sherman Dudley, who had spent the bulk of his career, he has an engineering background, working for Georgia Tech, managing the field offices that provided support for economic development throughout the state of Georgia. So I was very lucky. It was very serendipitous that through a childhood friend, I was able to find a position that brought me into the world of economic development. Not only that, I was also coached through the hiring process by the recruiter who happened to be a leader in the field of economic development in the state of Georgia. So I was very lucky on the front of my career to meet someone who was very well connected in the industry and was able to coach me really well, not only through the hiring process, but also became a friend that I continue to connect with. He has since retired, but through I think he is continuing to do recruitment, but through Leadership Georgia and other programs throughout the state of Georgia and through my career, I've created a great friend and mentor in Sherman Dudley right off the bat as I was entering economic development. Relationships are such a big part of success in economic development outside of those relationships or maybe even within those relationships. What would you say is the key to your success so far? So is there a way you approach those relationships or is there another significant kind of driver to your personal success in this business? Sure. My first job was in local economic development, and that's a great training ground for the next steps that I have taken in working statewide and now across a footprint of multiple states. When you're working in local economic development, you learn very quickly that you have many audiences with whom you have to communicate. And each audience 
is expecting a different message. And so your board members, if you are working very hard, however, you don't deliver the message about what you're doing in a format that they receive and understand the work that you're doing, then something will be lost in translation and you won't have the leadership backing that you need to get things done in your community. So I think learning to listen to your leadership on your boards, your leadership within your organization, and then also understanding how to communicate with your communities at large so that they can grasp the importance of economic development and provide the support you need in order to get the job done and ultimately win deals and impact the tax base. You learn there's a complexity to working with all the different audiences with whom you have to interact, whether it's the consultant, the company themselves, your board members, or the greater community as a whole as you're crafting your messaging to get the good word out so that you have the public support in order to do the great things you can do to create jobs and investment through recruiting new companies and new industry. Duke Energy has shown great leadership in economic development. As an energy partner, your organization continues to be talked about as one of those companies who get it and who are great partners to many of the economic development groups. So can you walk us through a day in the life for Annie at Duke Energy? I mean, you're doing business development and economic development work uh, from an energy company perspective. Just give us an idea of what that feels like, looks like to be you in any given day. Absolutely. So Duke has taken a very proactive approach to economic development. We have partners. And when I say partners, our teammates, my teammates within the footprint Steve West in South Carolina, John Gibb in North Carolina, Aaron Schneider in Indiana, Mark Hohenstein and Danielle Ruiz in Florida, David Smith in Cincinnati. We have our partners who are leaders within our states who are doing the hard work day to day, working with our local communities, serving on boards, understanding the needs to serve the day to day economic development needs. In addition to that, my team, led by Alan Jones, who's based in Raleigh, is another layer of our strategy to help recruit industry and grow our communities. So we have a team of five individuals. My focus day-to-day is networking with companies, with consultants, with brokers, with developers, just try to understand what deals are out there and try to sell our communities and help our communities get a shot at the deal first. So tracking industry trends, attending conferences and trade shows in order to meet directly with companies, understanding which industries are in expansion mode, which are not, in order to find those opportunities and get our communities and states at the table first so that we have a chance to change the shape of where our due customers live by adding tax base, job creation, and investment. Ultimately, we sell power as well, which is great for Duke, but it's also changing the shape of the states in which we serve energy. That progressive approach that you spoke to is a shift in economic development, right? That there was a time where economic developers used to be able to sit back and the phone would ring. Well, you're taking a much more progressive approach. Talk to me about some of the other shifts you're seeing in our industry today. What are the changes that you're observing in economic development? One cannot deny that it is a global economy. Economic development certainly has shifted. I hear from my older peers in the industry that one used to receive a call about an RFI, you'd receive it in the mail and you had a month to respond. Now with the connectivity, it's both a blessing and a curse. So you may be eliminated before you ever know that you're under consideration, but you're also given the opportunity to leverage technological tools in order to get your communities under consideration. What I mean by that is 
keeping your site and building databases up to date so that companies who are on the front end of considering a relocation have online tools in order to do a cursory evaluation before they're ready to take that first step and issue the RFI, whether it be with a consultant or an in-house run project. It's changed in that you can no longer be territorial. We're not competing with the county next door, the state next door. It's a truly a global game. So understanding what that means and how you can meet your customers' needs in order to remain competitive is truly important. So with all of those changes, you've got to have people coming to you saying, hey, what do you do every day? Tell me more about what that's all about. What advice do you give people who are coming into the industry? What would the word be from you to a rookie in the game? The word I would use is collaborate. This is a collaborative business. Collaborate and create relationships. So don't be afraid of attending that first basic economic development course. Network with your peers, not only that you work within the same state with or the same region, but get to know those who are your neighboring state competitors. Because there's so much you can learn through discussing mutual projects that you have worked on, whether you wind up on the winning or losing side, there's so much that you can learn from discussing best practices, listening to your mentors, to your bosses who have been in the industry for a long time. And I think a great question to ask if you're new in the industry is go to a leader and ask them, what the most important lesson they have learned from a deal that they lost. Because the deals that you lost really, truly often have very great teaching moments. One of the things we take great pride in, Annie, in this podcast is that we also take a look at leaders. We get a view into who you are as a leader. The next few questions are going to kind of talk about you and get people to know kind of who you are as a leader outside of the work. So what is most inspiring you today? Most inspiring to me is learning from the leaders with whom I'm lucky enough to work. Stu Heisman and Clark Gillespie, who lead our group, and also my direct boss, Alan Jones, have all taken a very competitive approach to economic development, continually supporting the team, but always keeping track of the scoreboard. So that that intensity and competitive nature, you know, Duke has taken a strategy of doing three things well, site readiness, economic development, and business recruitment, and keeping the eye on those three balls is important day to day. It's really exciting to me to continue to think about how you can shape your communities and continue to drive business and success. If there is a building that is vacated because an industry has had to close, that's your new opportunity to create a further tax base for your community. It's not a problem. It's a new opportunity. So continuing to stay passionate about how you can drive business recruitment efforts for me within all of my six states is what keeps me inspired. Well, driving that success is not as easy as it sounds, and your work kind of makes it look easy, but every day is not simple, right? And so one of the questions people ask is, as leaders, how do you get refreshed? So we heard about how you're inspired. Well, on those not-so-inspiring days, how do you regroup, recover, and get back to the work that you're passionate about? Well, I think number one is just on a personal side, you have to take care of yourself. So you need to get out and run, walk, play tennis, whatever it is, so that you have a life outside of work in order to be the best you can day to day in your job. And I think it's very important to do that. I think you also stay refreshed by not taking the losses as hard as they can be, but using them truly, as I mentioned before, as a teaching moment, because you really can figure out where your gaps were or where there was some sort of issue or 
thing related to the deal that you had no control over. For instance, the owner wanted to live in a certain area. So no matter what type of package you put together, no matter how well you sell your workforce, no matter how great the utility rates are, you weren't going to get the deal. So you figure out how you can rationalize and really understand the projects in which you've become involved and why you have the wins and losses and get refreshed by understanding what the true drivers were and how you can take that knowledge and move forward and improve upon the next deal. Sounds like a morbid question I'm about to ask you, but what kind of legacy do you want to leave when you're done with this business and you've done your work in economic development and community work? What do you want said about you? What do you want your legacy to be? The legacy you'd like to leave in economic development is that you not only had an impact, but you created friendships and relationships along the way. I think that economic development becomes like family. So not only have you placed a manufacturing plant in a community, but you still know the CEO. You're still in touch with the local economic developer. You and the broker still have a relationship and are continuing to do deals. So not only have you been lucky enough to have a win and create an impact, you've built relationships along the way that will continue to pay dividends and create more positive results. Final question for you today, Annie, and it's a fun question, and that's the opportunity for you to look ahead. So what do we have to look forward to with Duke Energy from Annie Baxter in the next five years? What should we expect to hear you're doing and what impact are you having in the community in 2021? I think that Duke will continue to innovate and be an aggressive economic development team. It will be interesting to watch the advances in technology. By 2021, driverless cars will be very much a reality, I imagine. So how we continue to innovate to meet the needs of the new economy and follow the technological advances and continue to create opportunities in our community. As I said, it's all about jobs and investment and impacting that tax base. So that's the reason we're so focused on economic development, business recruitment, and site readiness. Annie, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. I want to congratulate you again for being named by your colleagues as one of North America's top 50 economic developers. And of course, we appreciate your time with us on the podcast today. Thanks for all you do. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be a part of the list. Thanks for tuning in to North America's Top 50, produced by Consultant Connect, an organization working to bridge the gap between leading economic developers and location consultants. To learn more about what we do and how to get involved, please visit consultantconnect.org or tweet me at Ron Kitchens.